Yes, I understand that every life must end. Uh-huh. As we sit alone, I know someday we must go. Welcome to episode 24 of The Locker Room. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus. We have an amazing interview today with Adam Schefter. If you haven't heard of him, turn your phone on. But before we get into that a little bit, I do want to give a couple shout-outs that I promised to some people. i got to give a shout-out to the Kirsch family, especially Jody, and then the Burger Ridge Gang, which is some lame crew name for the girls who chill in my basement with my sister. What a name. Lindsay Simon and Marley Lairhoff, I give them a shout-out. And I do want to say... David Simon, if you're listening, I'd love to have a beer with you. But before I introduce our producer and my co-host, I do want to talk about our producer's performance last night in men's league softball. I showed up to the field with Maxie and his friends, called Team Chemistry, so shout out to them too. And Maxie begins to tell me how he always aims opposite field when he gets to the bat. He takes two steps like Happy Gilmore and is a guarantee to hit a blooper over the first baseman's head and get on base. And what does he do? Swings and misses the ball three times, two times in a row, whatever it was, and strikes out. And I got, I, I laughed my ass off. So I'm going to introduce <laughs> our producer, Max Nassau, and I'll let him give a quick rebuttal. Oh, man. I will, I will say this. That was, that was, those were my two first swings in quite some time. But, uh, <laughs> but I made up for it in the second game when, uh, when, what was I? I think it was three for three with exactly what I told you that I, that I do. Bloopers mm-hmm. over first base for a nice little single. Well, that shows how pathetic you are because you just kept your stats in men's league softball. Oh, dude, we got to. We got (laughs) to. Do you have, like, the run-up swing? Oh, oh, I do. I do the, like, the gallop, like, the two-step slide up, turn turn the hips, go opposite field. And that is our co-host, Justin Kaufmaster. Cappy, how you doing? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm not the biggest baseball player or softball from you guys, but um, I heard you guys ended up winning all in all, right? So you guys are 2-0. Is that correct? An yes. epic, an epic first game. Come from nice. behind. We were down 14-8 going into the the last inning, bottom bottom inning, and we put up seven runs to win. My last thought, though, on men's league softball, and, and I know we have a bunch of, you know, 30 to 50-year-olds that listen to this. If you're <laughs> one of those guys that plays a men's league sport and you chirp people and, like, are there to start shit, I hate you. Oh, it's, it's literally just for fun. The people, like, like, these guys were trying to take out our knees, like, sliding into home. I was like, are you kidding? Like, just for fun, man. Like, why? Like, well, come on. Well, Here that's we a whole different ball game. We could talk about men's league sports and how different people are competitive in it. Man, I've I've filled in for men's league hockey games, and I'm I'm like, if if one of these guys drives it out on me, I'm gonna kill them. I'm yeah. actually gonna. You know, like we're here just for a fun time. No one's trying to hurt each other. Like it was, it was ridiculous. But for some people, ever. but for some people, that's like their game. Like I'm going out for to fill in for a men's league game, but I still know like this isn't the team I'm playing for. This is like fun for me. These guys, it's like all right, men's league team Friday night, balls to the wall, baby. This is it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah, that's like that's what it was. It, and but, the, the worst is when they're they're cursing and they got their kids on the yeah. on the bench too. It's like come on, new pet peeve of mine. That's for sure. Shut up, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, yes, you guys said it. Huge interview for you guys. Adam Schefter, El Jefe, the boss. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of bosses, a new sponsor for you guys, Bagel Boss. When thinking about Long Island bagels, Bagel Boss is the first thing that immediately comes to mind. At Bagel Boss, we look forward to bringing you the finest New York bagels, Bialis, and bakery delicacies. We offer a wide variety of kosher foods for every occasion. From a simple family brunch to an extravagant elegant bar mitzvah, Bagel Boss does it all. Out of state, not a problem. 
Bagel Boss ships nationwide. Visit our new website, bagelofthemonth.com, to have all our award-winning products shipped directly to your front door anywhere in the U.S. Use code LATKA10 for 10% off. That's L-A-T-K-E-10 for 10% off. Wow. First try, dude. Oh, my God. That was sick, Cap. Well done. Thanks, baby. Guy's a level F reader. (laughs) Seriously. Not even a college graduate yet, but kid could read the hell out of an ad. (laughs) Um, But I know, guys, we have a lot of controversy going on with sports. You know, two weeks ago, things were kind of looking down. People were testing positive for COVID. But yesterday, the NBA announced that there hasn't been a positive test since July 13th. Things are kind of starting to look upward. We could have sports back next week, which is awesome. The MLB has been playing preseason. The NFL is kind of talking about what they're going to do now, even though they had four months to figure it out. But I do want to ask you guys, I'll start with you, Maxie. Where do you think sports are going to be within a year? I'll first say, well, baseball starts in two days, which is which is very exciting. But regarding where do I see sports in a year, I mean – the thing is, no one really knows because anything is possible, and the only thing that really controls it is the virus itself. Mm-hmm. But regarding fans in the stands, I think a year from now, the way it, it's it's going to be, it's going to be a slow rebound. I think when we start seeing fans in the stands again, they're going to start doing 50 to 75 percent capacity, and then gradually get to 100 percent capacity, and you can even relate it to how anyone else is going to get back to work. If you work for a big uh, a big firm, they're not going to have everyone in every single day. Even when we started to transition to the lockdown, they went from off days. Certain mm-hmm. people came in uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Other people came in Thursday, Friday or off weeks. So regarding just like fans in general, getting back in the stands, you don't know. I think the most, the, the most interesting thing with, sports going forward is to see the aftermath of all this. Like we might see an MLB strike with the way the collective bargaining agreement went with them just over this past few months. Um, and even, even before a, a couple of years ago, they were already predicting um, a strike. So there's so much uncertainty with the economic and financial impact that the coronavirus has had on the world and the sports world. So, I mean, like someone like Mookie Betts, who's going to be a free agent after this, probably would have gotten a very lucrative deal similar to Garrett Cole or north of Anthony Rendon, people like that. He might take a one-year deal to see the economy bounce back so he can get his money, get a, get a long-term deal. That's a similar thing to what people are dealing with, like myself, that I brought up a couple of times, Max, on the interview, that like I'm dealing with not being able to sign a contract because of this virus canceling my season it's going to force other guys to take lesser deals and, and do stuff like that like not that i'm saying i'm going to take a lesser uh, a less lesser is not a word but take, take a, a, <laughs> like, a a sh- word, like a shorter term a shorter term like or something like that like instead of me thinking i'm going to get an ahl deal now i'm thinking okay well this virus is screwing me maybe i'm not going to be getting an ahl deal maybe but i'm going to settle for something else and then work my way off to that because of this virus which is similar thing to what these professional athletes are going to have to do you know what i mean do you think we're going to have college sports next year, Cap? Yeah, see, I, I don't know, Laz. Um, I, I, I hope that all college sports are able to play uh, with fans or without fans. Um, but you really never know. Like Max was talking about with, with this virus, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, is it going to continue to get better? Is it going to continue to get worse? I can only hope that the season's going to start. In my opinion, from what I've been hearing, college uh, sports in the fall, like hockey, they're, they're planning on going forward with it. Now is it going to start the same time it normally does? 
I have no idea, but like I talked to my uh, former coach, like Derek Schooley, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to like come up and skate and work out with the boys this summer, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're not going to be able to do that because they're basically going to be like in their own bubble. So like what the athletes are doing in their bubbles, I feel like these college colleges are going to be doing that the same way. Each individual team might be in their own bubble kind of thing. And then hopefully that could work out. And then like fans can start to 50% or 25% to come in 50% and as the virus gets better, I guess, full capacity. But I still think um, everyone except for like the people who are playing and the refs are going to have to wear masks in my opinion. My, my take on college sports coming back is it, it's kind of broad. There's a lot of sports. There's a lot of conferences. The, the big thing is if they tell all the students that they have to stay home and take classes online, how can you expect these athletes to go to school, travel, compete, we're talking about professional sports where these guys get paid for a living. These guys are professional athletes where college athletes are amateurs and aren't getting paid. But they're on scholarship, you know, like they and at the same time, what else do they have to what else do they have to do? Like, let's say, you know, kids are in their senior year or something like that. They're going to be like, this is what they want to do. Or like they have no other choice, you know, like they got to do what they got to do in order to play. They're going to do whatever they can. If the state government mandates a law about it, there's nothing that oh, of course, there's nothing that like a certain university can do. So when I was talking about there are many conferences and many sports, some sports might play, some conferences might say we're not going to play. I know conferences already came out that they're only going to play in conference. And here's the thing: if Alabama does decide to play or Clemson decides to play, and Trevor Lawrence says, "Why should I play? Why should I play in this like?" weird season with all this risk when my stock is already so high for this yeah. upcoming draft. Like Trevor Trevor Lawrence might not play, but here's the thing. If I was QB for Clemson, people are still gonna watch Clemson play football. Yeah. 100%. So it's it I mean it's 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 tough. Certain guys have different situations. Like I mean a Trevor Lawrence obviously can make that kind of decision. Like, ah, oh, you know, I'll set this season, I'll still be fine. I'll still I'll still go first LB next year when the NFL finally kicks back up. So I guess it it, it comes down to different people in different situations too. But I think also if, if I'm a college kid right now, whether I'm an athlete or not, dude, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with taking a gap year, taking a year off. I mean, these what parents are paying for their kids to to be on campus taking Zoom classes and not even having a season. If, if I'm if I'm going into my senior season, I'm questioning whether I want to go back to school or not. Some people say it's it's safe to be in college right now. Like happy you're arguing that you're having trouble finding a pro team, but if you're stuck in college right now, who knows if you'll even play. You might just be practicing all year and not even have a season because it's up in the air. They're saying right now, at the earliest, college hockey won't start till January 1st. They're yeah. saying. So, you know, God knows what happens. They could be practicing all first semester and the season's canceled. Then what do these kids do? Then they have. Well, that's well, that's the crazy thing is that's like the world we're living in right now is like, okay, great. The season starts in January. Cool. Let's play two weeks. Oh, bang. Coronavirus, something like that. Okay. What are you going to shut the season down? You know, like what? It's just, you yeah. just don't know what's going to happen. Listen, I think it's amazing that all these leagues and sports have, have done their best to play right now. Obviously, the world has missed out on sports for the last four months. It hasn't been the main priority, but now it is a money factor also. These are jobs for people, and these are their way of life. But I think the big picture and, and what we've kind of maybe missed out on is if we play these leagues and, and maybe they fail, we might lose the entire 2021 season of the sport. There's no guarantee that there'll be sports next year. Hockey and basketball, I guess, those are the only two that are finishing this previous season. But for football and baseball, they're starting a brand new year that they might mess up, you know, one to two to three years. Who knows? Exactly what you said. We don't know about yeah what sports are going to be like next year. Also, even with the NBA, they'll be negotiating a new CBA. Yeah. 
It's very unclear. Yeah, Laz, but you said that kudos to the leagues that are currently going on right now and are being successful, like the UFC, um, which has been extremely successful. They're going actually to their third fight card this upcoming weekend. It's going to be the last one in Abu Dhabi. Um, I think the headline is Darren Till versus Whitaker. It should be a good one. But like I was saying, the UFC's done a phenomenal job, and, and hopefully these sports can look at what they've done and hopefully be successful in the return to sports as well. It's literally just a scary thing is the unknown. And as, like I said, as, as great as it is that they're playing now, who knows, man? It's, it's just, it's just crazy to think a year from now if we'll have anything. But I think we should uh, get into the interview with Adam. I hope you guys enjoy it. It was a lot of fun for us and we're looking forward to sharing with you guys. Let's do it. This guy grew up in Belmore, New York, and was bar mitzvahed at Sheree Shalom. He attended John F. Kennedy High School and then went on to study at the University of Michigan, where he was an editor of Michigan Daily and graduated in 1989. He then attended grad school at Northwestern University, where he worked as a freelance reporter for the Chicago Tribune and graduated in 1990. Since then, he has written for the Rocky Mountain News, the Denver Post, and eventually joined the NFL Network in 2004. In 2009, he joined ESPN as a football analyst and began appearing on air. In 2017, he joined the NBA on ESPN team as a sideline reporter, and over the years, he has received many awards, like being voted USA Today's Best Insider three years in a row and Media Person of the Year in 2014. He has also published several books, and his most recent one is called The Man I Never Met. But most importantly, we have to mention that he is a Camp Kindring alumni, and he has become one of the most popular sports writers and TV analysts in the entire sports world. We are super, insanely pumped to have him on. Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, Adam Schefter. Adam, how you doing? Hello there, guys. Thank you for the kind introduction. Appreciate it. Nice to be with you. Had to mention Camp Kindering. Uh, my Uncle Ian, who I believe reached out to you a couple weeks ago, he's been giving me slack with all this Camp Equinox talk and Greylock talk because Laz and uh, Maxie went there. And my mom was actually a boat girl and a lifeguard for a few years in the late 70s. Okay, well, there, there you go. A lot of Kindering connections. So, again, you know what? I will say this, that during the course of this pandemic, I've gotten requests every day from people. I, there have been so many things I've tried to do as many as I could. So now that you said that your Uncle Ian reached out and I and I and I said I would do it, then I guess it's Max's friend reached out through my sister, who's friends with Jody Kurt. Like so, so this is basically this is a two for one for me, right? Like basically <laughs> people that I would do it, and now I'm doing it, and right, so that satisfies two requests. Honestly, please, I, I apologize, but I I get enough of these that I lose track of them. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, no worries. You're good. This is just Jewish geography at its finest. Okay, well there you go. Here we go. <laughs> and, we're, and we're all and we're off and running. Exactly, and and we do love to talk about sleepaway camp, like Happy just mentioned about Kindering. I went to Camp Equinox. Maxi went to Camp Greylock. But can you yeah. talk about your experience at Kindering a little bit? I know <laughs> I heard it's a pretty religious camp. It wasn't a real religious camp when I went. Uh, <laughs> sleepaway was some of your formative years had a great time at kindering loved being there enjoyed it made many friends uh there you know there's, there's nothing like being a young kid and going to sleepaway camp for the summer and playing sports all day and basically pursuing the girls that you're interested in and going on raids <laughs> in the middle of the night uh was mama shabatsky there while you were there we none of us none of us were there oh, we're all, okay okay yeah, yeah. okay who's that though who's that 
Just, a, just an older old woman who I'm sure she's not alive right now who used to make hot chocolate for a lot of people. But uh, two of my friends who did go to Kindering, they wanted me to ask if you ever won the Torchbearer Award. I got to give a shout out to them, Dan Schneider and Grant Gindy. Apparently, it's the best award you can win at Camp Kindering. I was, I was never worthy of any uh, award, so no, I never, I never, <laughs> won, the, I never won the Torchbearer Award uh, as much as I might have liked that. Yeah, that would have been right good there. on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam, you grew up in Belmore. Um, I had the chance to live in Belmore for a few years when I was playing hockey up there. Um, it's a great area. Was it really Jewish? Was your family really religious back in the day? We were never a very religious family. I mean, we went to the temple on the high holidays, um, got bar mitzvah, but religious like weekly uh, Shabbos services in front. No, didn't do that. <laughs> so speaking of bar mitzvah, um, I want to hear a little bit about yours, maybe your theme. And then um, was Devin bar mitzvah? And is your daughter Dylan planning on having a bat mitzvah? Well, uh, my, my son was bar mitzvah. My daughter is supposed to be bar mitzvah October of 2021. Oh, we'll see whether well, a year from this October, you tell me, is the world going to be fine enough to have a bar mitzvah? And I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that any of us know the answer. Mine was in December of 1979. Uh, it was at a, at a restaurant. You know, my parents picked it. I don't know how they got to this, but it was a steakhouse in Cedarhurst called Al Steiner's. Um, I remember because Penn State was playing a bowl game that day, and they beat Tulane 9-7 on a bunch of field goals. And I couldn't get to watch Penn State, which is a team I, I used to like watching it as I grew up because my parents went there. The theme was Adam's Apples. Oh. Yeah, my, my parents picked that out. I like um, it. Or, or the, uh, the, the ta- what do you call them, the table things? What Adam's the Apples? Table settings. Table Centerp- center- centerpiece. 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 There you go. Okay. Yeah, you, you realize how ridiculous so many of these things are now, you know, later uh-huh. in life. But uh, at the time, they were a big deal. Yeah, we got to imagine Dylan's going to have some crazy theme at hers. Uh, Dylan's Candy Bar. She wants to cross between Dylan's Candy Bar and ESPN, so we'll see. Uh, I love it. That'll be a good little mix. Whatever works, whatever makes her happy, right? Yeah, exactly. Adam, have you gotten the chance ever to go on Birthright or play in the Maccabee games or just get to Israel at all? I've been to Israel. I studied there for a summer, summer of 1987. I went to Tel Aviv University. No way. Lived there for for about uh, four or five weeks. Lived in a dorm. I'm a creature of habit, and so basically there would be classes four days a week, and then there would be a tour of a different area of Israel that weekend for three days. Like, it's funny, I don't even remember where we'd sleep, but I remember we went to Jerusalem one weekend, we went to the Golan Heights one weekend, and we went to a lot one weekend. A lot's awesome. Uh, yeah, I went back to a lot at the end of the summer. I liked it enough. I remember going back there with a girl. Um, <laughs> I had to throw that brag in, huh? No. Just, I, 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 I love it. Me. Went back to a lot with the girl. That's, that's right. <laughs> is that is that the spot or what? I don't. I, I've never been to Israel, unfortunately. Yet. 1987. I, I I haven't been back to Israel since then, so I, okay. I can't say it. I can't say it is or isn't the spot. I really I really have no idea. A lot's like the spring break spot for the Israelis cap. So I guess okay. like you're uh, like what what your Panama City in Florida. Exactly, Panama City, Fort Lauderdale. Gotcha. Exactly, Atona. But but anyway, I went there and I would go to class during the morning and play basketball in the afternoon and go to the same falafel stand every night for dinner. Um, and I was there for four or five weeks, but I have not been back there since then. So I, I really don't remember very much. I was going to say, so the, the falafel in Israel, is it as good as the falafel in New York? Yeah, the falafel in Israel was excellent. It was really good. <laughs> but it was also, I also was eating it 33 years ago. So I'm sure it might be a little bit different now. The shawarma is better, though. Yeah, that, that was pretty good, too, if I remember correctly. I don't know if you get asked about your playing career a lot. Um, My playing I, career? What, what playing career? 
Exactly, but I was going to say, I heard you had a little high school basketball in Long Island action for a little bit. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, it wasn't much of a playing career. I was a, I was the last guy on the bench, uh, but I was a member of the team. <laughs> I, I took great pride in that, and, you know, I made the team not on any talent, but on the fact that I hustled and tried hard and worked hard. And those are the things you learn when you're in high school or sleepaway camp, whatever it may be. You learn the value of hard work, and I learned that in basketball, and it was a valuable trait that taught me, but I was not very good. I was not a very good shooter. I can't say I was, I was talented. No, that, that would be inaccurate. <laughs> was, uh, was basketball the sport you, uh, loved growing up or was there something else you thought, ah, maybe I'll, I'll hop into this? I loved all sports growing up. I loved basketball. I loved baseball. I loved hockey. I loved football. Honestly, of, of all the sports growing up, football might have been the least attractive to me. I mean, I loved the Islanders growing up. I loved the New York Yankees growing up. I loved the Knicks growing up. I loved all those teams and sports. Just, you know, sports was was a big part of my childhood. I'm honestly surprised, yeah, because you grew up in that Islander era where they won four straight yeah. cups, I'm sure. I'm kind of surprised your career didn't lead you toward hockey. No disrespect, but I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. You know, <laughs> I mean, what's more popular? Hockey, I've always thought hockey was an underappreciated, underrated sport. but it and, and the following it has is incredibly loyal and passionate, and uh, people love it. And, and I understand why, but, but it's not a sport that has ever become as popular as I thought it should be. We completely agree. I, I know, uh, we kind of took Max Kellerman's comments to heart a couple of weeks ago, but, um, you know, we'll <laughs> save, we'll save that debate for another time. But a lot of people don't know that you actually had a cameo in the longest yard. Can you talk about being on that set? How insane was that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. They, they gave us each a trailer, you know, with your name on it. You know, I had one line. I can't believe you broke his freaking neck. Um, <laughs> Classic, though. Iconic line. It was it was kind of fun, and you know, you got to meet Adam Sandler, and we went to the premiere. And I remember, you know, at the time I was working for NFL Network, and I got out of the, the car, and you know, you're on the red carpet, and you look up, you're waiting, and everyone's going, Adam, 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 and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I can't believe that many people watch NFL Network. I mean, like, I'm blown <laughs> away. Maybe I'm in LA, or and I turn around, and there was Adam Sandler. <laughs> that's amazing yeah, that's pretty good I also I wanted to add on that is Adam Sandler as good as an athlete as like he's portrayed in the movies I, I, I have never played with him to know one way or another but um, I know he loves to play basketball I thought maybe he was like running football reps while you're on set no no, no we, we didn't see him film any of that <laughs> I think I asking if, ne- if Nelly's as good of a running back as he is in the movie could be yeah, probably probably is <laughs> right he dominated yeah, he must, he yeah. must be uh, can you talk about the race and competition to be the first on a story? Uh, oh, well, you know, again, I, it's probably not all that different from somebody who trades stocks. It's important to trade that stock before the others do and get in on the bargain, or uh, it's important to find the right investment before somebody else does. It's important to find a cure for COVID-19, and the person who does is going to be rewarded. So, I mean, I think in any line of work, there's competition for in every job, right? So. My job's not any different. There are a lot of people in pursuit of information, and information has value. That, that's my job for ESPN is to get information that people care about. Are you nervous that your daughter Dylan's going to take your job one day? She's a natural. I hope she does. She, you know, listen, if she wants to take it, there will be nothing that would uh, give a parent any more pride than seeing his or her child basically be settled into their professional job, their career, whatever it may be. I, so I'd love I'd love for her to do it, but ultimately I'd love for her to do what makes her happy, right? Whatever that is, if if she wants to be 
a reporter, an interviewer, an actress, a podcast, whatever she wants to do, as long as she's happy, I'm happy. I hate to break your heart, but we're actually just using you to get to her to get her on the podcast. I understand. You're not, you wouldn't be the first people. That, that's <laughs> she, She's the big get. I'm just the uh, small little tiny little appetizer. Yeah, exactly. So if you could send us her email after this, that'd be huge for us. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> So speaking of race and competition, one of the one of the biggest stories so far this year is the Mahomes deal. Yeah. Uh, how does it feel to get beat on that story by someone working in a liquor store? Well, uh, again, she did a great job, right? She did a tremendous <laughs> job. And Katie, how do you pronounce her last name? I, I uh, Katie is her first name. I know that, and and um, you know she <laughs> she did a great job, and she deserves props and respect. And reporting is not her regular job. But I don't consider when somebody says, you know, I'm guessing that Patrick Mahomes got a new deal, the actual story. But, again, she was she was on it, found out about it later, and she deserves all the credit she gets. <laughs> I love it. That's such a great story. I'm actually going to have her on my, on my podcast tomorrow as a guest for next week. Oh, really? Wait, plug, yeah. your, plug your podcast a little bit. Talk about it. What's your podcast like? The Adam Schefter podcast. Sit around. Pretty, talk pretty about clever it. name. Talked about my bar mitzvah sleepaway camp and, and, and the girls that I tried to kiss when I was in elementary school. <laughs> that's a tough competition for us. Yeah, right. That's like our gist. Now we're now we're out of business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry about that. Right. Oh, yeah. nah, it's okay. But Adam, so so when a trade occurs or any big news in sports, mainly the NFL, I think everyone in the world knows the news is official once you tweet or report it. Does the pressure ever get to you? Like, because you got to be so accurate. If you're inaccurate, you know, they're gonna be like Adam messed up. You know. Well. I've always said that these jobs are like walking the high wire and people are just waiting for you to fall and slip and then they want to see it. And so that, that's the danger and the issue with these jobs. Um, yeah, you, you know, yes, you want to be first, um, but it is more important to be accurate. And that, that's ultimately the most important thing to make sure that you're right. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's definitely worth making that extra phone call just to make sure that you've got everything that you needed to get done. Accuracy, critical, critical. I don't mean to, you know, overstate it or be cliched or simplistic, but uh, you got to, got to be right. <laughs> Anybody can be first. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I can't, I can't say, Oh, I'm guessing that <laughs> this guy may have a contract extension. I, you know, that, that doesn't exactly suffice as a report for me. Well, I guess I guess, like as someone that's getting into the industry of uh, of being trying to be like a sports insider, like you're trying to do that. I'm not. I'm just saying for someone in general. <laughs> but yeah. um, sometimes it does have to take kind of like a risk like that, if, right? Because you want to be first to get your name out to be uh, like worse. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, but you you, you don't want to risk anything, like. What does that mean exactly? Like, what am I risking? How risky am I going to be? I'm not, I'm not going to risk just, oh, I'm hearing this. Let me throw it out there. Like, that doesn't work. Um, it's, it's got to be stronger than that. It's got to be checked more than that. I'm not going to take risks. Like, boy, I'm hearing this Dak Prescott deal won't get done. If, if I'm reporting it, I believe it pretty strongly to be true. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to be right, but uh, more often than not, it probably will. And so you, I think it's important to be very careful, very careful as you do this. Since you stepped foot in the business, the landscape of sport media has changed a lot. And do you think like five years from now, you'll still be tweeting? 
Like, what direction do you think the sport media is headed in? It, it, it's a good question, and it's tough to answer. I, I don't know. Uh, when I got to ESPN in 2009, I actually was hired, and I didn't even have a Twitter account, which is hard to imagine, but it's true. And look where it's gone with social media in the last 11 years. I, I never would have thought I would be on Instagram, and I'm on Instagram at Adam Schefter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. And, and you use these outlets, platforms, to post some of your news and information. And so I wouldn't have expected that. I certainly don't know where it's going to be in five years, ten years, because it continues to evolve. It continues to be fast. It continues to change. It couldn't get any faster, right? I mean, it's instantaneous yeah. now. We, we know that. Well, I was going to say, because Twitter has been getting so much hate, I feel like, in the past like month, that it's just become such a dark place and it's only, it like, is. and especially for, for media members, they get a lot of backlash on Twitter. So, you know, for someone like you, would you rather have a different platform? Like, what would you like to see change just, I guess, in media in general? I mean, I, 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 I don't, well, I'd like to have an edit button on Twitter. Like, yes, you know, yes that would be that, unbelievable, is, right? Is, is, that, is that asking too much? Like, okay, if you have a spelling mistake to just clean it up, take <laughs> down the tweet, like, not only it's asking very much to to get an edit button on Twitter. That it's ridiculous to me that they don't. Instagram has it, Facebook has it, mm-hmm. Twitter doesn't have it. Um, so I'd like to see that if you guys can get that done. If you guys have the power to get that done, please do. I know a girl who works. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll tell her that you said so. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't care or listen, but yes, please do. Shout out to Skylar Schwad on that one. You broke the story on Matt Lafleur getting the Packer job before actually he yeah. knew. Yeah, that happened a lot. I don't know. Every story is different. You know, sometimes you call people and sometimes they know things and sometimes they don't. And sometimes you're fortunate enough to know things and sometimes you don't. And so every circumstance is very different. But, you know, I do remember calling him and congratulating him. And he said he didn't know yet and hadn't gotten the word. I I think he's got an idea. It's going the direction of being naive and silly to think that he didn't. But, it was funny because that, that actually was the first conversation I ever had with Matt LaFleur on the phone. And um, we've got a lot of relationships that are similar, a lot of people that we know together mutually. But I had never spoken to him then, so it was kind of funny. Matt Adam Chef, glad we finally get to speak. Hey, congratulations on being hired by the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, glad we could get to talk. You know, so it was, it was kind of fun the way it happened. That's I feel good. like you get I feel like you get get this so much. You probably get so many different like DMs and stuff like that. Like, hey, I got I got a special news news report for you, news flash. Yeah, there are a lot gotta... of people, there are a lot of people that send a lot of things and, and and interestingly enough, and it's hard to describe how you can just tell sometimes when they're valid and when they're not. You just yeah. you just know. Sometimes it's worth what you do know to be true. Other times it's the way it's presented, other times you can just tell by who's telling you. There's just a certain authenticity. To certain things that um, that you can just kind of sniff out. That, that's all. That's all I can really say. No, it 100% makes sense. But speaking of media, there's been a lot going on with the Washington Redskins. Um, I don't want to get too much into it, but do you have any names in mind if they change the name and uh, any nicknames? What your thought? What are your thoughts on it? Well, I, I think the Red Raiders would be a logical one. It's gotten a lot of attention for good I like reasons. That. Yeah, I, but I don't know what they're going to choose. Everybody's waiting to see what they're going to choose. We, we just know that they're moving on from the name that they had, which I think is the right decision at this point in time. When the name is dropped, um, I'll know it's accurate when you report it. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. That, that, that's that's the uh, hope and expectation. But, again, you got to go through your channels and protocols and make sure it's right. I actually heard that somebody trademarked a lot of the – Yeah, that's true. 
that they yeah, yeah, it was but it was a while back like seven eight years ago so again uh why is that person to do that very smart thinking it sounds like that person uh is going to make some money here one way or another well, it, it's another thing that South Park predicted as well. I don't know if you saw the saw that South Park predicted the Redskins name change and all that. It's oh, is that absolutely right? hilarious. Yeah, I, I didn't see that one, but uh, South Park is on. <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode. I'm just afraid that this is going to have a ripple effect also in like the Chicago Blackhawks, which is such a an original six hockey team too. I mean, I, I if they, they can't change their name and logo, it's it's literally iconic. I don't know anything about hockey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your, your, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, you're just an Islander guy, just an Islander guy. Yeah. <laughs> but there is also a lot going on in the NFL right now involving Jewish sentiment, obviously because of Deshaun Jackson's comments. And how do you feel about a guy like Zach Banner, who's kind of, you know, come to the forefront talking about his time at USC being in a Jewish fraternity? Um, you know, how do you feel about the whole situation, just a guy like that speaking on behalf of the Jewish community? Listen, I mean, the, the more people that can bring attention – to hate bigotry, anti-Semitism of any kind, the better. So if it takes Zach Banner or it takes somebody else, uh, I'm all for that. that. That's a great thing. Everybody's eyes have been opened here during the pandemic. The more enlightenment uh, or the more enlightened our country can be, great. Because we know those things. We know that hate, that bigotry. Uh, we know that that still exists. And, and there's really not a place for that in this world. And so hopefully... Uh, yeah, I, it, it's probably going to take years to change, probably, but at least people are making an attempt uh, to educate others and to have their eyes opened. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely um, for sure come to the forefront now more more than ever. I feel like, yeah. but uh, I, I think we have shown a lot of progress in the last two months or so, and you know, hopefully, it continues just to spread more love. Essentially, that's what it's all about, right? Correct. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we, we're, we're trying to do in this podcast, too, especially with all this stuff going on. We want to spread the love and, and kind of bridge the gap with the Jewish community. So hopefully we can. Uh, on a brighter note, Adam, um, it's time for another installment of the Matzah Ball Minute Questions. I know you super excited over there. Going to rattle off some, some quick questions for you. Feel free to elaborate on them if you want to. Start you off with an easy one. Potato latkes or matzo ball soup? Matzo ball soup. You got a secret recipe or what? <laughs> Uh, whoever's my, you know, I like old matzo balls. I mean, it's hard to make bad matzo balls. It's like pizza. It's all good. Just question how good. I, you know, exactly. you don't like the really soft ones. Like, I like my matzo balls a little bit firmer. <laughs> That's understandable. Diner or delicatessen? Diner. More variety. Probably just get eggs. Get breakfast anytime. Always a good thing. Delis, not as much. Landmark diner? Good diner. I, not my spot. Don't eat at diners very often. Who goes out in this right now? Yeah. So uh, back in the day, I've been to the Landmark Diner. Decent diner, solid diner. Place in Manhasset, Louis Diner. Louis. Louis, Louis is pretty good. I, I, I always go to Louis Diner. In Manhattan. Yeah, that, or, Road, that's pretty good. So next one, Sylvan Lake or Malibu Beach Club? Huh. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's very good. Good homework. Yeah, they, obviously. Um <laughs> and for those who know, Sylvan Lake is the lake up at Camp Kindering, and Malibu Beach Club is a place that my family and I used to go in the summer. I was never a big swimmer. I didn't like swimming. I liked being at camp, but I didn't like going in the lake. Really? Yeah, I didn't like going in the lake. And, That's and, smart. And, I, you know, the beach club, I, I guess I'd pick the beach club. <sighs> <laughs> we got him. We yeah, got it, him it's, it's not like um, I like them both. 
I like them both for different reasons. I like being at camp. And <laughs> the beach club, boy, that, 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 that's a blast in the past. Uh, beach club was fine. It was nice. I like going in the ocean. I, I'll go beach club. Probably the most controversial question you've ever been asked. Yeah, it really stuck <laughs> that. It really threw me for a loop. Wasn't expecting that. Wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> Drawing or painting? Uh, back in the day, I loved doing artwork as a high school student and was in a number of art competitions. A lot of people might not know that. And I, I had, um, you know, it's funny. My grandmother passed away in February, and she had in her kitchen a watercolor painting that I did. It had to be when I was in high school, I guess. Uh, maybe it was junior high. I don't know. But it's like you know, just a farm scene. And honestly, like, I look at it, I'm like, how the hell did I paint that back then? And we have it hanging in my house right now. I also have a number of other drawings that I made. And, and I would say drawing was more effective than painting. But I think of that one watercolor painting, and I kind of like that. Very sorry to hear about your grandmother. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate but it. I feel like people don't know that about you, that you're very artistic. Well, I was, I was back in the day. I'm not artistic anymore. Like if you gave me a paintbrush and or, or color pencils, whatever the hell it is, I I wouldn't be able to do very much of it at all. Yeah, back in the day, I, you know, I, I enjoyed doing that and and uh, came up with some things that were that were not overly embarrassing to myself. <laughs> it could be it could have been a nice quarantine hobby for you. You could have got the painting back up uh, back up and running. Yeah, it, it could have been, but again, life is too busy and hectic to uh, take up artwork, <laughs> artwork right now. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Um, so, Adam, what do you think is the most rewarding or biggest story that you've wrote? Well, I don't like to focus on a story at all because I'm more proud of the fact that I've been in the business for over 30 years. And it's a day-to-day grind. So whatever story I get today is, is my favorite story, if you're fortunate yeah. enough to get the story today. I mean, uh, what you did yesterday to me doesn't mean as much. So th- there have been so many stories that I remember over the course of my career. But honestly, I just feel very fortunate to be doing what I'm doing as long as I have. Definitely. Very well said. This next one, uh, kind of bring the mood back up. What NFL stadium has the best food in your opinion? I, I-, I haven't been to too many stadiums in recent years. Last year I went with Monday Night Countdown. We went, but we, you know, we wouldn't eat at the stadium. We, we, we would get done with our pregame show and, go back to the hotel and eat. So I, I, I don't really eat the stadiums. And uh, before that, I really hadn't been, I hadn't been in the stadium since, you know, the early 2000s, uh, back when I was in Denver and everything like that. So I, I would not be classified as any kind of expert uh, on stadium <laughs> food. I was hoping you were a big foodie and you had uh, all, the, all the insiders. Well, I, 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 I am a foodie. Like, I love food and, and I you know, meals are an important part of my day, but Stadium food, I, I could not uh, speak <laughs> I heard up. you're a big Chris and Tony's guy. Uh, Chris does a great job. Mm-hmm. I love that place. My favorite spot. Chris does a great job. I don't know Tony, don't... but Chris does a great job. <laughs> Is that a steakhouse? No, no, it's like Italian. Yeah. Oh, I love a good Italian place. Adam, who is your all-time favorite NBA and NFL player, and who do you feel is going to be the best fantasy football player this upcoming season? Well, as a kid growing up, I loved Bernard King with the Knicks. He was my favorite NBA player back in the day. Loved watching him play. He was fantastic at what he did. Today, you know, my favorite NBA player would be whoever's the star of my fancy f- basketball team. Um, that's always very important to me. And who's going to be the star of fancy football this year? Well, if I if I had the number one pick in fancy football this year, I think I'd take Saquon Barkley. Good pick. I'm I'm very high on Miles Sanders this year. 
Yeah, well, he's he's a very good player. I, I I don't have any issues with that. But again, you know, we're, we're talking about great players. Um, where are we talking about them? Like, are you talking about top of the draft, first round, second round? Miles Sanders is a good pick. Yeah. Uh, but you asked me for a fancy star. I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a huge year. You think Alvin Kamara is going to have a, a big bounce back year? He's a great he's a great player. He, he had a good year last year. Is he would that would he be bouncing back? Like more of a fantasy aspect, um, you know, he he was injured a little bit. He really didn't have a, uh, a, a I guess, a standout fantasy year that he was supposed to be uh, drafted in. I, I think he, I think he's poised to have a big year. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I, I like Alvin Kamara. You know, would I draft Alvin Kamara at some point? Yes, I would. How how would I take him? He's going to be a first round pick, right? Got to be. I think I take a few other people before him, but he I had him his rookie year. I had him in all my leagues rookie year. <laughs> I knew the Saints liked him. And uh, he was very good to them, and he was very good to me. <laughs> this, How could you not, right? This is going to be a weird brag, but I, I want to ask. Um, so you've been you, you've been in a lot of fantasy football leagues. Have you ever witnessed someone go undefeated and then finish it off and, and win the entire? You know, th- that doesn't happen very often. I, I'm in an ESPN 16-team league, and I've never won a championship. And we, We've had the league for about seven or eight years, I'm going to say. And um, there were two years where I had – going away the best regular season team, which also is very rare in fantasy because it just – percentages don't really allow for you to do that usually. And in this particular case, it was two years ago, I had the, like – I had the 15th pick in the first round. So it was 15 and 18, and I wound up taking Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. Oh, and I wound up taking Andrew Luck coming up with an injury season. I took George Kittle later on. I took as my running back some – Later on, like almost like zero running back, Tariq Cohn and uh, somebody on Detroit that was okay. Just okay. Yeah. My, well, I also had, I took Julian Edelman coming off his suspension in the fifth round. Uh, I took Tyler Boyd late in the draft, and it's a four wide receiver league. So my four wide receivers are Tyler Boyd, Julian Edelman, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas. Long story short, I went 15 and one, wow. set a record for points, and then lost in the second round of the playoffs, got blown out. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> and that's fantastic. That's football. why the cookie crumbles. So yeah. that's, 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 that's fancy. It was brutal. It was that brutal. Exactly. And everyone's like, oh, you, you got the best team. You're going to walk away with shit. No, it, it, fantasy doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. So that exact year, um, I actually finished it off. I went 16 and 0 in a 12 team. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So maybe there's, 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 there's the humble brag, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe I can get on, uh, who, 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 who's the difference maker on that team? I took James Conner in the 15th, um, Mahomes in the like 10th. Yeah, and I also had Kamara, where he had so many touchdowns. It was two years ago. I had Edelman, Thielen, Keenan oh. Allen, Hooper. <laughs> oh yeah, you were balling, Maxie. You were balling. Yeah, it was a loaded team, right? Yeah, I drafted well. Well, congratulations. Adam, I got one more for you. What What would you think is your biggest pet peeve? I hate the word reportedly. I can't stand that. Like <laughs> Patrick Mahomes reportedly signed a new deal with the Chiefs. Reportedly. Well, who's <laughs> reporting it? You, you know, a lot of times it's ESPN. So then just mention ESPN's reporting that Patrick Mahomes signed the deal. Or <laughs> if ESPN didn't report it, somebody else did, say their name. NBC reported that this. Like I can't stand reportedly. I just hate I just I that's that's a pet peeve. I hate that word. Reportedly. <laughs> really strongly about it, that's for sure. <laughs> or Kate or Kate Wine and Spirits reported that. <laughs> reportedly. Yeah. Reportedly. 
So the final question we ask all of our guests, if you could talk to the 15-year-old Adam Schefter, what kind of advice would you give him? I, I guess what I would say is uh, you can do anything you want in this world. And I didn't sit out to become a sports reporter. It just sort of happened. I thought those were jobs for other people. I thought that if you wanted to become an NFL general manager or an NBA head coach or a baseball owner or whatever it is, oh, those are jobs for other people. You can't get – no, you can do anything you want to do. You know, go do internships, go get experience, go try different things. Nothing is unattainable with the right amount of work. You can do anything you want. Don't let anybody dissuade you. That, that's, that's basically what I would say. I, I didn't, I didn't know that when I was younger. You know, I thought that, you know, as a, as a kid growing up in Long Island, everybody would go to law school or business school or go get a, a, a job as a salesman or go work in the stock market, whatever it may be. And, uh, Again, the point is go do what you want to do, have different experiences, go try different things, um, go get an idea, and and don't think that you can't do anything that you want to do. You can do whatever you want. Go make it happen. Yeah, no, I completely agree, especially, like you said, growing up on Long Island, I feel like sometimes our parents kind of have a plan for us, essentially, just like, like you said, get a lawyer job, finance, move back to the city. But it's nice to just try to be different sometimes and, like, really explore what you're passionate about. And it seems yeah. like you got to do that, which is awesome. Go do what you want to do and uh, go go give it everything you got. We want to thank you so much. This was incredible. Um, we'll obviously keep you posted. I'll, I'll, you know, connect with you through our source. Um, and we'll let you know when uh, we post the episode and stuff like that. But thank you so much. This was great. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Good luck with the podcast. Thanks for the time today. And uh, uh, good job to everybody. You too. Well, send us, thanks, send us Adam. Dylan's email when you get a chance. We want to get her on next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get out of here. You got it. Thanks, right. Adam. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. It was great having Adam Schefter on. I hope you guys all enjoyed it while sitting down enjoying a nice bagel and some locks. Speaking of a bagel and locks, I want to talk about our new sponsor, Bagel Master. Bagel Master is a family-owned bagel store located in Syosset. They have been a member of the community for over 30 years, offering a wide range of not only bagels and homemade baked goods, but a full line of smoked fish, appetizing, and cold cuts. They also specialize in catering events and holidays. They pride themselves on their amazing food while providing even better service. If you don't know, now you know. Check them out on Instagram, at The Bagel Master. You can also find them on Facebook. There's a reason they call themselves more than just a bagel store. We're currently working on creating our own locker room sandwich that hopefully you guys can buy when you're hungover on a nice Sunday morning. But sorry, I do want to ask you guys about the interview. Cappy, what would you think of Schefter? Great little live ad read there, by the way, Laz. Uh, first, hopefully many. Um, I thought the interview went phenomenal. Um, so proud of us, boys. We've come a long way. I mean, Adam Schefter, are you kidding me? But but a great conversation. I thought we got a little couple funny moments out of him there, but uh, all in all, it was phenomenal. Max, what do you think? It was great having the man himself on, Adam Schefter, the guy who breaks who breaks all the sports news, especially in the NFL. Except he wasn't the first one to break the news on on uh, Patrick Mahomes' big deal. He was beaten out by a woman working at a liquor store, Katie Camlin. And, and to hear that story from him was, was, uh, was great to hear. Laz, what did you think? I was honestly like 
really taken back when he uh, got really stumped on our Sylvan Lake or Malibu Beach Club question. <laughs> it was just so funny to see him thrown off like a guy who was just like always on it. You know, Adam Schefter, like literally the best league insider. And we asked him a question about his sleepaway camp lake or his beach club growing up. And he all of a sudden for the first time, like didn't have an answer. I thought that was pretty cool. But um, no, I think it was just great to hear his, his uh, perspective just on everything that Zach Banner's doing too. And uh, all the Jewish sentiment going on in the NFL, obviously that's been a big topic of conversation lately, but I know Cappy, you had some more thoughts that you want to share. Yeah, no, it was great. You mentioned the the Sylvan Lake. My uncle's going to love that you put that question in the matzo ball minute. He's going to think it's hilarious that it stumped him. <laughs> but another one that stumped him was the uh, pet peeve, which I thought was hilarious. I think we should start asking more of our guests a pet peeve question because it'd be funny to see what they have, but um, do not say reportedly around Adam Schefter. He cannot stress <laughs> that enough. Um, I thought it was also great how much he talked about, and we talked about his daughter, Dylan. Um, I think it's pretty remarkable that she already basically knows what she wants to do. She wants to follow in her father's footsteps from what it looks like. I mean, dude, whenever I have a kid, I hope he, you know, does whatever I'm doing, you know, or. You don't want to have a girl. <laughs> or she, you know. But, I, <laughs> but, but you, you, you get the gist. Uh, you know, I, I would love to have a boy just fucking be a hockey player and become a goalie growing up or in whatnot. So it's great that he has that. And hopefully she has a killer bot mitzvah in a few Cappy's years. Gonna be the, the invite. Cappy's going to be the parent coach that benches his son. If he lets up like three goals in the first period, what are you doing? You're embarrassing me. <laughs> it's interesting to think though, the kind of uh, dad you're going to be for your kids when they're at sporting event games, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty interesting topic. I mean, Max, what, what kind of parent you think you'd be with your, with your kid? Fair. I'd be, a, I'd be a, a very fair coach. If my kid wasn't playing well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't get preferential treatment over, over bench. anyone else. My kid's getting the soap in the mouth treatment. <laughs> I, I said fair. I didn't. I didn't say abusive. I don't know what. You, I don't know what you're gonna do to your son when you coach him. Yeah, a little soap in the mouth never hurt anyone. From time to time, you know, I got a, a couple bars in my mouth when I was younger from doing some stupid shit. But regardless of the fact, um, it was a great interview, and I think I'd be a great hockey dad or sports dad when I grow up. I agree. I think you will too. I'm, I'm probably going to be more of the Will Ferrell from kicking and screaming and yelling at kids, loser, <laughs> but uh, with the coffee and everything. Invent like your own son. Just like play to win, like put all the starters on the field. Your son sucks. Like he's getting the bench. Like he's not. Oh playing. yeah. He's got to have the, the right. You'll have the cappuccino machine on the bench. We're going to half calf. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of great dads, I also want to talk about Howie Bush, another great dad, the CEO of Dude Robe. Don't forget, sports are coming back next week. Make sure to grab your Deuterobe, www.deuterobe.com. Type in Laka for 20% off of your very own Deuterobe. But I think that wraps it up for this episode, boys. Awesome having Adam Schefter on. We got another episode dropping this Sunday, so stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, and once again, we want to thank everybody for the support. Obviously, this was a huge episode for us, so we hope everybody really enjoyed it. Thanks. I come cleaner. Ah